So tell me a little about yourself. Like what? Like something significant that happened between the time you were born and the moment you decided to look me up. I was only 12 years old and I wasn't going to let Patrick Bateman ruin my life. Why don't we stop there? American Psycho continues. This girl has no concept of reality. Angrier. Deadlier. And sexier than ever before. Ribbed for her pleasure. She was more obsessed than Dahmer. She's more calculated than Bundy. And certainly more faceless than Bateman. All in all, she killed eight people. Eight people, which we know of. God, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would always you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? Do you think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 85, American Psycho 2. And this would be our seventh listener request. Yes. Because why the fuck else would we be doing American Psycho 2? Uh, Yeah, I should apologize to Dane, the listener uh, who picked this one right off the bat. It's going to be brutal. Uh, this is going to be probably a bit of a jumbled mess, but we'll give th- it our all. If you thought the Deep Rising episode was off the rails, incoherent, babbling, boring, a mess, this will probably be ten times worse. I think we'll probably abandon the plot uh, much quicker in this one, even. Not even really sure there is much of a plot. It's rough. But... Um, we're excited to be here. Yeah. And uh, I guess one thing I should make clear is, I, I mean, multiple requests at this point. Guys, the listener request window has slammed shut, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe there will be another one someday, but... Yeah, I mean, if you've requested something recently, maybe stay tuned for episode 102 and beyond, but we've got stuff planned you know aside from one more listener request that we're gonna get to not next but shortly we are taking the rest of the episodes up through 100 so yeah hold on to those please i mean we need to get uh stuff that we you know really like to do like picnic and hanging rock the last (laughs) picture show you know the the fan favorites (laughs) yeah so follow the show on twitter at greatest pod um, I think I'm, I've only really been tweeting out the links to the episodes for a while now, but I think I'm going to pick that back up and start tweeting out some thoughts Yeah, about things in general. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think we touched on it last time, but again, I think 
the 2017 year in review, uh, give us a second. I continue to get positive feedback on. People are really into that format. Well, there will be more of that to come. Uh, two more parts at least. So get ready for those. Yeah. Um, That's a big hype. So American Psycho 2 is kind of actually a timely request. Um, and the reason I, I say that is it is maybe one of the... Well, I shouldn't say it's the most flagrant because we have already covered Havoc and the subsequent Havoc 2, which <laughs> yeah. was not even re- remotely right. released and not as Havoc and or as a Havoc sequel and didn't even become one until home video or whatever. <laughs> we- we don't know what Havoc 2 is, but, I mean, we don't even know what Havoc is. <laughs> At least in this case, I think people know what American Psycho is. Well, the reason I say it's timely is, from everything I've heard, the new Cloverfield film that just came onto Netflix was kind of an unrelated sci-fi project that the Cloverfield oh, no. elements got tacked onto kind of after the fact, and, you know... The re- I haven't watched it yet. The reviews aren't great, and it seems like it was kind of a $45 million disaster waiting to happen, so they sold it to Netflix for $50 million <laughs> just to get their money back, basically. And Seems like a worthy investment. Yeah, it's kind of... I, I As someone who enjoyed the first two Cloverfield films, it's kind of disappointing that they're just now taking like unrelated projects and making them into Cloverfield projects after the it's fact. Tough with uh, Netflix. It's tough to criticize Netflix because it's like, are they taking a loss on anything here? You know? No, and I'm sure, ba- like, for now they have enough viewer goodwill where, like, if they build something up as a major event during the Super Bowl and then premiere it after, tons of people are going to watch it, and from their perspective, it's a win. But if they do that a bunch of times and every time it turns out that the actual product isn't good and people kind of, you know, feel betrayed by these major Netflix events, you know, then it may actually end up being a a negative in the long run. But for the time being, you know, everything worked yeah. out fine. Now, what is Netflix Clover- had a long run without people really turning on it. It's really a great product. <laughs> well, what does Cloverfield and Havoc have to do with this. I think it should be obvious. Um, American Psycho 2, not originally planned to be a sequel to American Psycho. In fact, Shocking the original... with how well it works. I mean, the movie makes so much sense. <laughs> it, I, it, this was an obvious pairing. Film critic Rob Gonsalves wrote, American Psycho 2 wasn't even supposed to be an American Psycho sequel, for Christ's sake. (laughs) Lionsgate noticed that the first film got critical acclaim and didn't do too poorly in theaters, so they dusted off an unrelated script and modified it to link it, parentheses, tenuously, to the first film. Uh, In 2005, the the film's star, Mila Kunis, expressed embarrassment over the film and spoke out against the idea of a sequel Please, somebody stop this. She said, write a petition. When I did the second one, I didn't know it would be American Psycho 2. It was supposed to be a different project, and it was re-edited, but oh, I don't know. Bad. (laughs) (laughs) Very well said. So, what was this film? Um, Originally, it was adapted from a script called The Girl Who Wouldn't Die, 
Yeah. And if you noticed that that song playing really, over the uh, end credits. Just great job by that person who got that script sold. If you noticed that the song over the end credits, the lyrics to that song were like the girl who wouldn't die or whatever. So it seemed to be like a song written for that version of the movie. Wow. Yeah. Or something. Um, I don't know. Or maybe it was just a coincidence. But <laughs> Yeah. Imagine being that guy that wrote the song for this movie. But. Eventually, once production began, the film script was altered uh, with the incorporation of the Patrick Bateman subplot, kind of connecting it to what do you the think character happened there? from Someone the first was film. Just like, well, we... So, what, I guess Lionsgate, did they do the first American Psycho movie? Is that... I guess, or they, yeah, so they, they owned what, it or whatever. they, have the sequel rights or something? I, I don't really know how that works, but they just decide, like... Oh shit! This movie that we're making like sucks. We need to somehow find a way to yeah. Well, it could have been yeah. I mean, it could have been that you know specifically targeting this film, or I mean, I'm sure Lionsgate at the time had probably had a a few shitty horror movies in production, and they were like somebody was like, well, you know, American Psycho was a hit. We don't have anything in the works. It, it seems unlikely that a sequel is going to get off the ground. Let's just attach this to something we have going now that isn't great because i mean but really i mean i'm thinking if they greenlit this project in the first place that means they were probably greenlighting other terrible things well yeah so i don't know if it was just that this one was terrible Uh, it was probably uh, they had it but really piss poor uh patchwork job even sticking this on there It, it makes no sense that even trying to loosely tie it together just including patrick bateman and mila kunis kills him uh, yeah, as like a child. It was right. almost yeah. like uh, Omar from The Wire, where it's just like shocking that a child is killing. Oh, wow, that's this, a big spoiler. This huge uh, character. Well, if you haven't watched I The know, Wire, it's been long enough. go fuck yourself right. forever. Yep. <laughs> I remember that. I remember seeing this uh, movie like in video stores back when video rental stores was a thing and kind of just. It was one of those things that just would make you sad, you know? I, I loved the first movie. I love the novel. I'm a huge fan of a lot of Brady Sinellis' books and kind of that whole... I'm a whole... big fan of his uh, Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah. He's the only one out there telling truth, people. Absolutely. <laughs> Dropping truth bombs, telling it like it is. I just would see this, and, and I, of course I thought, I, I, I thought Mila Kunis was hot and was certainly uh, infatuated with her from that 70s show. But just seeing her on that cheesy, shitty cover and seeing that it was somehow tenuously linked to uh, American Psycho and just oh, yeah. knowing it was direct-to-video and it was just nothing to do with the first one. It was just kind of I know depressing. I uh, had seen this, at least the opening scene before, but I, I guess I didn't really remember exactly how it played out. But I know I remember seeing this on like Fearnet uh years ago yeah, this, in the late 2000s this definitely seems like a fear oh candidate. yeah it had a long run on fear net <laughs> um but i i remember the beginning and now it's it and just the patrick bateman was in it but it's like i mean honestly patrick bateman plays a bigger role in rules of attraction than this movie yeah i mean aside from the opening sequence and then some references to bateman thrown in by some of the characters later it's barely anything there's not even a similar tone 
I, it's hard to really put your finger on what the tone of this movie is because um, I don't know even what they would be going for, even if it wasn't related to American Psycho, because it's not funny. Right. So, but it's you, certainly not scary uh, at all. No. So, what is happening in this opening scene? Really, I mean, obviously, we've got this chick uh, tied up, not Mila Kunis. Patrick Bateman is like doing his thing, well, dissecting her, whatever the hell he does. It's uh, it's the twelve year old like version. Girls. Yeah, it's the twelve year old version of uh, Mila Kunis's right. character, yes. and that's her babysitter. And, okay, her babysitter. I, I mean, the context of the scene seems insane. Yeah, there's well, no. Well, well, I mean, I, it, it, I, I, like, what even is supposed to be happening here? He's then, on a date with this girl, but she's babysitting a twelve year old. I don't understand. Uh, and then you know, obviously, he's let his his guard down, and uh, a young Mila Kunis is like. I'm going to kill this guy with an ice pick or something. Well, she's tied up and then she frees herself. And right. When okay. he when he has she's his very, back to her. Uh, he, crafty. She stabs him with an ice pick. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's totally unlike any of the uh, murder sequences in the original. It, it doesn't make any sense. They make it seem as if Patrick Bateman is a Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger or jason or something and that he is somehow broken into the house and he's doing you know it, 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 something that would ne- never happen in the first film it's totally unrelated to anything that he would do or the way he killed any of those people in the first movie it's it's disturbing how shoddy this is put together yeah um and of course it's it not is. christian bale we should point well, out and you, i don't think you ever see well Bane's that would have face. been great i mean well given the star power of the director morgan freeman of course you would have thought he would have <laughs> been able to get uh christian bale maybe yeah fun fact this was directed by morgan freeman oh wait not yeah. that morgan freeman no. this is morgan j freeman <laughs> that's right the real morgan freeman as we know. So we fast forward to the present day, which is 2002 when this film came out. And this film has a distinct like late 90s, early 2000s yeah. oh, look and feel. Yeah. The characters' outfits are very dated already. And, uh, pleasant surprise, we find out William Shatner in the movie. Yeah. Always good. Always, you know you have a hit on your hands. Rachel... Uh, who is played by Mila Kunis now. She is a college student studying criminology under Professor Starkman, who is a former FBI agent. And Professor Starkman is played by William Shatner in a hilarious role. Just (laughs) (laughs) really bringing an air of quality to the film. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you're just like, wow, this guy like invented acting. The look... Of this film and kind of the the locations used and, and stuff like that. Generic I can't imagine college that, campus. that the budget was more than like $3,000 oh. for the whole thing. Yeah, well, at least they didn't uh, dump too much into it because I can't imagine it made very much money. Well, I mean, it was straight to video, so it's hard to say. Right. Some of those movies you'd be surprised. They're, you know, I think the common thinking would be that if it's a straight to video or straight to VOD that it doesn't make any money and that it's kind of a disaster, but so wait, Mila there obviously Kunis- is a market yeah. for those films uh, or else they wouldn't make them. Yeah, uh, I guess uh, it would. Well, no, the VOD v- straight to VOD movies make a ton of money. Yeah. That's, bizarre, that's why they, but- that's why they're released. And that's why they, they make films now knowing right. before they even 
call action on day one there's like gonna be vod uh, an american psycho 2 all american girl festival that happens yearly now (laughs) (laughs) i will say this um and it's maybe a tad creepy but i mean i'll say it Uh, (laughs) people shocked (laughs) this for me in this like 18 19 year old range is like peak kunis for me she's still (laughs) got like that cute that 70s show look to her it's really all kind of gone downhill for her no 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 no, no. she's one of the most beautiful women on the planet obviously but (laughs) i mean i i think it just reminds me of back when i was back in that time period and seeing her on that 70s show and being like whoa you're like poof yeah, forget Donna. No, yeah, <laughs> I was all about Jackie on that '70s show. I don't think there were a lot of Donna supporters out there. You'd be surprised. Yeah, she um, had her fans certainly. <laughs> she had a killer rack. Let's give her that. Yeah, I mean, come on. And her mom. Um, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> for some reason, Rachel is. I mean, it, there's almost like a weird kind of uh, Dexter vibe to like the beginning of this movie where because she's killed a serial killer you're kind of almost in the mindset of like oh well maybe they're positioning her and she's going to be this character that kills people that deserve to be killed like she has this murderous rage and like she's in this basically um a criminology class solely so that she can join the fbi like her main goal, she talks about it endlessly, is getting to Quantico. They say Quantico seventy eight <laughs> times in the first sorry, five minutes. I, maybe I miss this completely, but what is the explanation after what happens after she kills Patrick Bateman? I don't know. There is there anything? It's just like she nobody knew the, it was her. She leaves the, the explanation. Apo- okay. Uh, I don't know how. What, they're in this apartment or whatever with the the babysitter's dead. Patrick Bateman's dead. They, we may have missed it. She they, has they may have, parents, as we find out later. Well, we should point out that the first, like, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes of the movie is heavily narrated. Right. Like, Mila Kunis is just talking over it in an emotionless <laughs> And watching voice. it involved us uh, heavily being on our cell phones, not paying attention. <laughs> All right, well, we don't need to point that out. <laughs> but, yeah, I, there may have been a line that tried to set up why there would be an explanation why no one would know it but was as her. we know it would never make any sense I, I don't know i don't know what what scenario there would have been for her to be with this woman as she was about to be murdered by patrick bateman that like her parents or someone wouldn't know why she was with a that serial woman. killer now i guess or maybe she's been dormant for all these years uh but for whatever reason all she wants to do now is be in the fbi yeah, I mean, you're jumping a little bit ahead, but yeah, I would say that Whoa. I would assume... I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. I, I thought we were kind of going to like pump the brakes. speed through this. Well, I don't know. I've gotten used to this since I'm the way... Deep Rising episode where, I, I don't know, we're 10 minutes into the movie plot-wise, and then the next thing you're like, so then they're on this beach and the movie's ending. <laughs> I gave fair warning that we were jumping out of the okay, plot. That yeah. was a big part of the podcast was me announcing that I was done with the plot. Right. <laughs> um, but I th- I would say that it's safe to assume that she was dormant because we they don't ever mention anything and there's never really any clues. Although we don't see her first comeback kill until it's later revealed that she's not actually Rachel at all. Yeah. Which is a there's like some uh, plot twists yeah. in this or like some you know so 
maybe supposed to be surprises. It's I like don't know, the, uh, but they're just awful. Paul Allen thing from American Psycho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like it. So the whole thing is uh, Rachel's only a freshman in college, but she wants to be the TA for Professor Starkman because all of his TAs are on a fast track to Quantico. Basically, Apparently they're just letting anybody in. She has tough competition for this position because of various things. Like one's a rich kid who's gonna like get his father's money involved. Another is a girl that is sleeping with the professor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Others are like you know equally good students who are not freshmen but older classmen who are typically the TAs. So one by one, uh, she proceeds to kill off these classmates. With Hard very really... minimal impact yeah. on the student body, it's or, like, or uh, in the world in general, yeah, I, no one really seems to notice, notice most or of care these that these people are, are dead or missing. I mean, uh, obviously, at some point, we see William Shatner find one of the bodies. Right, that's uh, the girl that he was fucking. And, right, but she framed that one to look like a suicide. Yeah, and that's like later because that leads to him like wanting to step away and not even picking a TA, and so that leads to a whole thing. But like at some point during this murder spree, she starts to see a school psychiatrist, um, Doctor Daniels, which I kind guess of a Simon Baker type. I mean, I guess it's like a kind of a nod to like the first movie and kind of the dynamics at play with the with Patrick Bateman's character in that and kind of his unraveling and his kind of confessional time periods during that and like when he calls like Willem Dafoe and you know like, really just but um, she's like she there's yeah, this whole like uh, attitude that she has where kind she's of like horrendous acting uh going on really from Mila Kunis in these parts yeah well it should be stated and I think we we talked about this at length while watching the film and after you know Mila Kunis is a hot chick and if you put her in things like forgetting Sarah Marshall or like fluffy non-serious roles it's fine but she's really not a great actress whatsoever I mean terrible would be Uh a a fitting word she (laughs) she she essentially plays the same character her voice is the same she can't really seem to put much inflection into her voice she's not the worst actress i've ever seen and she's passable for like being in real movies like i said you could put her in things that like where she can kind of just be herself and that's fine Uh, not that american psycho 2 is deserving of a lot of effort but if you're getting into the if you're going to take this seriously uh, for a yeah. second and you're going to be like a psychotic killer and and yes you're going to want to project something onto the screen like you want to gonna you want to leave something, some sort uh, of impact that leaves the audience feeling unsettled in some way or anything well yeah any emotion <laughs> get an emotion sort of out of the, out of the audience from the audience would other be, than like uh, how quickly thing. can i look at my phone yeah. Although I don't know if people um, were looking at their phones in 2002. Now, in, but. in that quote that you read earlier, the idea from that was people were talking about making an American Psycho 2 sequel. Is that what that, the context is? Oh, I guess no, please because stop. her character is alive at the end. I, That's I don't true. know. There was a lot of demand for that. I mean. I'm, sure, I'm sure that question was posed to her as a joke. Yeah. Just pro- probably to get her to give a reaction like the one she gave where she shits on the movie. Although she did do, I noticed on the special features on the DVD, she did do an audio commentary. 
we kind of we we should have listened to that. I would have been interested. I mean, we couldn't do the whole movie, obviously, without you know. <laughs> Who says I haven't gone back? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but it wouldn't it be fun to kind of hear what her attitude about was? She's well, like, it's her and the director, the director right? As she's like in this scene, I was really trying to go deep. Her voice to, probably sounds exactly as it as it sounds when she's doing the narration in the film, oh which is no. emotionless and dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, in all fairness, I think the only film where she kind of stands out to me is Black Swan, and she's good in it. I, I won't like you know denigrate her performance in the film. She's she's good, but oh, yeah. like it almost seems like that's a character. That's easy for her to turn into because let's face it, Mila Kunis has been a hot chick her entire life. She's supposed she's probably acted bitchy to other girls at some point. I mean, it's not like she's basically kind of Aronofsky like, was just like, "Be yourself." Yeah, be yourself. Turned up to eleven, right? Uh, you know. we need a lot of Kunis here. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're not really asking her when you actually go back and think about that character. I mean, it's more about what. Natalie Portman's character is projecting onto her. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's more about the situation more than what she's actually doing, which is kind of being relatively normal, other than like the hardcore lesbo scene. But right, um, it's what exactly is motivating her to have these uh, lengthy discussions with this psychiatrist? Though I mean, I it's hard to follow a lot of her motivations here. But like, why? Obviously, we we see the connection between the psychiatrist and uh, William Shatner. Yeah, I don't know. It's unclear if she knew that there was a connection there, but I was thinking that oh, I probably just missed something where well, she was always, forced to do yeah. that. But that's according always, to Wikipedia, it just says she decide during her killing spree she decides to see the school psychiatrist. <laughs> so there does I might have a problem. So there might not be any explanation. Well, she doesn't confess to killing people. No, no. But she's thinking her, to herself, uh, I think I need to talk to somebody. I, I'm flying off the handle. So the psychiatrist apparently recognizes that she is like a true sociopath. Oh, yeah. he, he get, I will say he's pretty good. He gets it right away. He's like, this chick is nuts. <laughs> and he tries to warn Starkman. Um, but Starkman thinks that the psycho student is the is the kid that he's fucking Cassandra Blair, who is, it almost seemed like she was roommates with Rachel, but she's not. I think she just lived next door or down not, the hall in um, that dorm. Household names. The other actors in this movie is, huh? No, not, not a lot of length. Well, they got careers. Shatner and Kunis. I mean, <laughs> what else do you need? I mean, that's <laughs> star studded. Yeah. That's like, um, you know, getting Brando and Pacino or yeah. whatever. I mean, it's right up there. Eventually, you know, Cassandra reveals her her affair with Starkman and that this, you know, sexual relationship has all but guaranteed her the TA position. Rachel murders her as well. And Starkman... See, this is ridiculous, though, because it's like... Now, obviously, we've gone over American Psycho wasn't the original idea for this script, but it's like she's killing with this motive... To get rid of all the people competing for this spot in class. But it's like the whole thing with American Psycho is he's just fucking crazy. And he has this bloodthirst. And he he doesn't have these motives. For- in all fairness, though, he does seem to kill people that 
he's sometimes jealous of. Oh, that's true. I but, was thinking, but his reasons more for jealousy they, are kind of insane. Yeah, they just like annoy him. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's like a clear. I mean, it, for as terrible as it is, and it, as shitty as everything came together, I mean, there's like a clear narrative here. She wants this thing. Other people keep getting in the way of her getting this thing, so she kills them. I mean, it's not right. It, it, for as many things that are a mess about this movie, that is clear. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you can understand what that story is, whether or not that story is good or executed. They good, couldn't like know. figure out a way to work in something where she was uh, obsessed with like Genesis albums or Whitney Houston. I think that would have taken a little bit more effort and time yeah. than they were willing to give to the America American psychoization <laughs> of this uh, terrible script. They were just like, I'm sure. I'm guessing that the line of thinking was, "This is going to be straight to video horror that gets certain yeah, people to rent who it." Gives a shit. Why not throw American Psycho on, and we can bump that rental up even more? Right. And someone was like, "That's why you have a name like Morgan Freeman." You're. <laughs> I'm an sure idea it wasn't his idea. God knows. He's I don't like, wonder- "Oh no, they've ruined my film. <laughs> Take my eyes, but not my film." <laughs> so then. Once Starkman discovers uh, that this student, Cassandra, has killed herself, he's like, oh, fuck, you know, this is a disaster. Walls he tries to cover in. his tracks of, of having an affair with her because he thinks that she's killed herself and that the reason that she's done so is because of him. So Starkman leaves his teaching position, Imagine which fucks everything up for Rachel. William Shatner and a girl kills herself over you. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? It's like, honey. <laughs> yeah, this poor, you know, innocent 20-year-old college Beautiful girl. Beautiful chick. With just a sweaty, fat <laughs> Shatner crawling on top of yeah. her. <laughs> this fucking tiny dick. Yeah. Which I'm just assuming. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a fair assumption. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's... And he's probably Tom got like knowledge. some weird thing where like he wears like diapers. Oh, I'm talking yeah. about the character. Oh, yeah, obviously. Come on. I thought that was clear. I don't want to get a lawsuit. Yeah, it did seem like because his character. William Shatner will be listening to this. Uh, it did. Se- well, you never know. I mean, he's less of a star than Eli Roth. Uh, yeah, that's debatable. Yeah. No, well, I would say not. Well, for me though. Um. This is like once he leaves his teaching position, that's where we reveal that Rachel is not the real Rachel Newman and that she killed the real Rachel at the beginning of the semester. She's actually been keeping her in a clo- clothing bag in her closet and we see like her Somehow rotted corpse. Not causing a huge smell. Well, when her parents visit, they do notice the smell, but you. <laughs> her parents' visit oh, yeah. was the highlight of the movie for me. Right. Because right after her parents' visit is when we learn the truth. About her not being the real Rachel. <laughs> it just didn't make sense to me. And you were like, this is so dumb. Her parents didn't realize that wasn't their daughter. <laughs> As if that was the that was the real girl's parents and they well, showed I was like, up well, how did she, she was ar- fooling them. Because at this point they hadn't explained it yet. But I was like, well, <laughs> how is she... In this girl's dorm room, like, and her parents would have, like, taken her to this school, you're assuming. But they reveal later that, oh, 
she just called her parents out of the blue and was like, I got into this college and I'm staying here. Yeah, honestly, the inclusion of the parents was needlessly complicated. I couldn't what believe was already that a terrible this movie. girl had parents, honestly. We didn't see parents at any other point. Yeah, it it was terrible. It, it because it 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 just adds unnecessary questions about the opening sequence with the twelve year old girl. It adds questions as to like, well, how did she get into this college? What is going on? And her parents were never really involved with the college application process, going to visit school. Yeah, I mean, it would have made more sense if the Mila Kunis character was just a mysterious girl who had this encounter with Patrick Bateman, but we don't know anything else. Right. And then she kind of just wanders onto this campus, murders this student at the beginning, and kind of assumes her identity before anyone knows the real Rachel. And then... Yeah, it's kind of like... Leave a, the parents out of uh, it. Taking lives or... Uh, <laughs> what's the one with Matt Damon? The talented Mr. Ripley? Oh, yeah. It's got a lot in common with that. <laughs> um, so, Spring Break starts... And Rachel is pissed because now the TA position is not even an option because Starkman has stepped down. So Rachel stays on campus and finds Starkman, who is kind of fucked up on Valium and and booze. And (laughs) one of my favorite parts, though, is the uh, psychiatrist friend just openly writing him prescriptions for whatever he wants. Oh, yeah, that's what you get. Yeah. So... Rachel try well I'm going to re- keep referring to her as Rachel cuz that's her character's name. So she tries to seduce Starkman to get the job. However, for some reason and so it's kind of unclear to me what she's doing in this scene because it, it seems sloppy of her to just be wearing a dress and necklace that were property of Cassandra which were ones that Starkman had given to Cassandra. So it was like It's weird that all these people are vying to be FBI agents, yet no one is investigating these mysterious disappearances. <laughs> yeah, it's also like I mean, I get that like being in the FBI is like somewhat prestigious, but it seems like there'd be more than one slot available <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Like She's murdering all these people. She's like 18 years old or something. There is... It's insane. Zero investigation going on. (laughs) I mean, the uh, complete lack of actual police presence in the movie, really, for a long period of time. So then they randomly tie in the Patrick Bateman storyline again. In a way that I, I was blown away. I didn't even understand... Yeah, not blown away in a good way. Blown away in like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Where Rachel confesses her crimes to Starkman and says she has a, quote, crush on him. And that she knows all about his affairs with various women, which just so happened to include her former babysitter, whom he indirectly killed since he had told her about Bateman and she had decided to track him down. Which makes... Zero sense. <laughs> if he, because the whole thing was that Starkman was never able to catch Bateman. He had, they 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 tell you that in the narration at the beginning of the film when they're first introducing Shatner's character. Right. So if he knows that Patrick, ba- so you're immediately your brain then goes to well they probably never put it together that Patrick Bateman was the serial killer until after. Mila Kunis's character kills him when he's trying to kill this other woman. Yeah. Okay, so that's where your mind goes. That's what you think. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. We're, we're 
putting the pieces together here. But now you find out that Starkman was aware of Patrick Bateman's identity and then tells it to this girl, this woman that he's fucking, and that she then goes and finds him and then is on some sort of a date with him or something. It's like, what is happening? I, I don't can't understand. follow and what they're even saying. She's also Mila Kunis's babysitter. And why is Mila Kunis there if this woman knows know. that he's a fucking serial what? killer? It's insane. This is what some is happening? sting operation or whatever's going on. They're uh, just mindlessly putting this little girl at risk, although she's the one uh, that comes out alive. And I mean, obviously, a big part of the original film is the ambiguity of the ending where you kind of are unsure. It, was that real? If anything even happened, if he ever actually killed anybody. Or if this was all in his head. And I mean, you know, the the original film is like this kind of in like heavy commentary on capitalism and like the emptiness of like the Wall Street lifestyle and kind of the big greed is good eighties and all of this stuff and it's kind of a commentary on objectifying uh, human beings and women specifically and all all these different things are at play and it's like this big social satire and then at the end you're like you're not really even sure if anything even was real or what happened and so it's like if the inner circle in Patrick Bateman's life don't believe he's a serial killer then he's probably not or at the very least he's not raising enough eyebrows to alert like the F just like tying it into this story is just insane like he's just going around randomly kill it, they make it seem like He's just this guy who's randomly killing people at will and went on this like insane murder spree that possibly went across state lines because now we're in Oregon or somewhere. <laughs> and of across course, state lines across the country. Yeah, of, uh, American Psycho takes place exclusively in New York City. And I, I mean, yes, it's true that she could end up going to college all the way across country, but it just so happens that Shatner is there and she's there. I mean, it's like all of the primary people and he was having sex with this woman at the time who was her babysitter it's like well where did this happen it's like are they just ignoring that the first movie took place in new york or were they all in new york at one point and now they've all relocated to oregon like it's just like what i don't understand yeah it's completely bizarre but the big shock here shatner removed from the narrative before the uh, end of the movie, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was real hopeful that when she kills Shatner, that, that would be that the was end. like the end of the movie. Right. But we still had a good 40 minutes yeah. of this pile of garbage um, left. The therapist or psychiatrist kind of becomes the main protagonist. I don't really know what his role is. He's not. There, I guess there are no true heroes in this movie. Yeah, I think, like, Kunis's character is supposed to be, like, a, an anti-hero since she's, like, your main character and your narrator. But she's so unlikable and uncharismatic that you're just bored when she's on screen. And we should point out that the kills in this are about... <laughs> Pretty tame. They're about, like, they're way more tame than you would see like on a, basic cable. Uh, yeah, a 1.5 out of 10. Yeah, I mean, if people get murdered on like a TNT original show, it's more brutal than anything going on in this. It's so awful. Right. Um it's it's questionable like if they would have taken out like a little bit of the language, not that there was a lot of swearing or anything, but if they would have just taken out a little bit of the language, this could have been rated PG-13. I mean, this is easily 
super tame. Uh, No nudity in this either. No. What is going on with the listeners? Yeah, it's like listeners. Do you have you you listened to the other episodes? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! What if it was like American Psycho, where Mila Kunis was just doing the uh, nude in socks chainsaw? Scene. <laughs> She's running through the hall nude with a chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> now, that would be something I would sign up for. Uh, quite a bit of money. <laughs> so she, you know, she murders Starkman, and then there's a janitor. So she re- she murders him too, which is really none of I these mean, men able to overpower uh, this uh, woman who seems about she, yeah. five foot two, ninety pounds, right. probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's. I mean. Her murdering the janitor, I guess, is like, I feel like there was a scene in American Psycho that's like reminiscent of that, where he there's just someone that's kind of like caught in the crossfire. I, I don't remember exactly. Though. Probably. Yeah, it's uh, it's not great. <laughs> so then it kind of becomes this weird, almost, it's it's done like it, it's supposed to be comedic. I guess because of the music the, and uh, kind of how it's done. But end of this movie is completely insane the psychiatrist daniels and two cops pursue rachel in a in a car chase which is just so out of place and so terrible and looks awful yeah it's like the a way it plays it's like out. a it's like a a 25 mile an hour car chase <laughs> and then it basically ends with like it, it doesn't make any sense she's barely ahead of them and then somehow she's able to get out of the car, somehow lift Shatner's body out of the car and position it like on a fence so that when they pull up, they see the body, they get out of the car. Then she tries, she's somehow taken the car, her car away and then being like backed up to the point where she's able to drive at them like as if she's going to run them over. They move out of the way and she crashes through a fence. And then, uh, which all goes off a cliff and the car blows up yeah and the special effects were literally like someone took a marker and drew onto the <laughs> film like onto the actual film itself they just drew a marker of a flame <laughs> it's so bad but as we they find couldn't out, afford fire with this movie i don't know it's we're not talking tough. like <laughs> but as we find out here somehow she was able to move this other girl into the front seat and and have her driving the cars? That's what's supposed to be yeah, happening here? It doesn't make any sense because we clearly see she's the one driving. And there really would be no point where she could get the corpse of the girl from her closet into the driver's seat and get out of the car before it goes off the cliff. But apparently that's what happens because <laughs> we cut to years later when Dr. Daniels is giving a lecture He's on now the, Rachel's uh, big mind. Professor. And how he wrote a book about her. And... Believe me when I tell you this lecture is about as awful as it gets. I, it's the most. Gen- it, it's just like it's so generic. It's like whoever wrote this script, this it it feels like a first draft at every moment in the film. It's just so little time and effort was put in because it sounds like he's talking about someone in a way that anybody could be talking about it without even knowing. The person they're talking about or even the events that they're talking about. It's More so than- generic. It's just like, she was a true sociopath. It's just like, why would anybody, you know. Cut. Just like, 
Morgan J. Freeman. All right, I got what I need. Let's it's move like, on. Why would anyone even be in this lecture? It sounds <laughs> like a moron is speaking. But then I guess like after he's like talking to students or he's maybe even is signing his book. I'm not really sure what's happening there. And then he looks up because a student is speaking to him and he sees that it's Rachel who has not died after all. He's, and, he's really underselling it, though. Well, he's built his whole career on knowing her and that she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like if he reveals like, wait a minute, she's alive. <laughs> Everything that would be great. His whole life would be unraveled. And she basically <laughs> just reveals indirectly that she killed Starkman's last teaching assistant, Elizabeth Elizabeth McGuire and stole her identity so that she could get into Quantico. Apparently the FBI not great at identifying no, the people and uh, their background program. checks are I, I mean her background being what? It does it not flag that she murdered a serial killer when she was 12? Well, obviously she never she's was, she's saying that she's Elizabeth McGuire. That's true. The TA from the beginning of the film You're right. and it's like good point. But wouldn't they know what t- wouldn't they have um, some Ability to just de- de- determine who Elizabeth McGuire actually is—it's the FBI. This is post nine eleven, people. Yeah, the I'm Patriot thinking photo Act ID is well required. <laughs> or terrorists could just be infiltrating the FBI at will. I guess it's n- apparently based on the logic of this movie. It's not very tough. <sighs> so basically, she allows Doctor Daniels to know the truth about her because she believes there is no point in committing the perfect crime if no one knows about it and she is confident he will not divulge this information because it would make a farce of his best-selling book in which he proclaimed to completely understand her and witnessed her death in a fire in the fiery car i mean that's a big leap though i mean if this was real life what if he had a conscience what if he was willing to blow his career i mean maybe he would be like no one's gonna believe me and i'll sound insane I don't know. But you would think in the real world, it's like they could check. I, I don't know. I feel like he would be able to report this and his life would still be okay. Now, if this movie was set in like 1979, I would be able to buy the identity shifting a little bit more. But it's just like this was in the 2000s. People had cameras. Things were on videotape. There would be footage somewhere of this girl pretending to be... Rachel, whatever her name yes. was, and they could um, match it up to this girl who's in the FBI now. I, I, I mean, it's just—I don't care what year it is. People notice when people go missing. <laughs> well, that I'm willing to give. Yeah. I'm willing to give that. That's for true. A movie. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, really, it kind of fits with the first American. If you Psycho went missing, when you think about it. <laughs> well, yeah. How many days would go by before <laughs> a search party was organized? A search party. <laughs> What, are they going to be combing the DVD racks at Best Buy? (laughs) Where would they even be looking? So that is the movie. Yeah, I mean, shockingly, I don't think it went on, you know, I don't think Morgan J. Freeman went on to have much of a career beyond American Psycho 2. I'm kind of, I'm I'm trying to look it up here, because I think he went Uh, on to... uh, I don't think a lot of the people involved in this movie would have had a, a lot going on after this one. Uh, Mila Kunis, obviously, and William Shatner, they were a little bit untouchable at this point. <laughs> <laughs> they well, can do no wrong. I think Shatner had been well established as yeah. will do anything for a paycheck. Right. Uh, Kunis. Has she ever been a big, big actress, really? No. Not really. I mean, 
that's the thing. I don't really think she could be counted on to uh, be the lead in a film. Wow, Morgan J. Freeman is kind of frightening. He looks like he could beat me up. Uh, well, that's not saying much. He <laughs> yeah. did direct one episode of Dawson's Creek. Okay, prior I'm a fan. to this, uh, something called Desert Blue in '98 and Hurricane Streets in '97, which both look like um, straight to video fare. Ooh, in the 2009 film Homecoming, starring Misha Barton. All right, so there you go. Is that a film? Wow, <laughs> film. A jilted ex-girlfriend plots oh, wow. revenge after her former beau comes back to their hometown with a new lover. The cover for Homecoming looks about as good as American Psycho 2. Yeah, it seems like old Morgan J. Freeman was on a little bit of a career trajectory. I actually like the cover to Homecoming a lot more than the cover to American Psycho 2, <laughs> which it almost looks like she has a giant hook in her hand. I'm holding it up now yeah. from Matt to look at. Which, it's like a Sith or something. Does that play or factor into the movie at all? No, that's there it's never in the film at all. Okay, so Now sometimes this is referred to job. as American Psycho 2 All-American Girl. I'm not Which, seeing that on the DVD anywhere and that's So we're not, not going to address that if as if it's the case now she was wearing a shirt at the beginning of the film that said all american girl right which is a good shirt <laughs> is it well yeah. i think that'll about do it i mean not a lot to say yeah for this one. i think we said enough we i mean we definitely hung in with the plot longer than deep rising but i think i think it, this is one of those ones this movie where is unquestionably worse than deep rising yet maybe uh i it, think for something for a movie like this, and I think sometimes people would be like, "Well, Matt and Zach are pretty good at trashing things; they're pretty cynical." I think for something like this, you got to be in the room with us while we watch it. I, I, it's hard. Yeah. To, in all fairness, this would be like doing an episode on the room, the movie. Yeah. Where it's like, how do you explain how terrible it is? Right. Although this but is. But if you're here with us, I mean, I think we'd have a lot. I think The Room is infinitely more watchable than American Psycho 2, which is just like watching paint dry. In- infinitely more brilliantly directed. <laughs> I would say that Wiseau was taking more chances oh, yeah. with The Room than what we got here <laughs> uh, from Freeman's American Psycho 2. I mean, how do you how do you even keep your career going after something like this? Why would you that just be like amazing. why wouldn't you just be like I'm going to pack it in? Well, even you look at How do you uh, overcome this? Homecoming in a, and I'm looking at a 1.5 million dollar budget. And I understand for a movie that's not much. But how does anyone justify how much giving are they paying? this guy 1.5 million dollars to make something? How much are they paying Barton to be in that? Yeah, I don't do you know. Think? Like five five hundred k. What if, do you think she was worth at that point in two thousand nine? I mean, let's be honest. If she's not in it, let's it be, probably wouldn't even be made. Yeah, that's even though true. she's not she's not really like a name at all. But they can at least put her on the cover and say Misha Barton is in this, which is what they did. So <laughs> I'm assuming that she's got to be worth at least a third of that budget. <laughs> If not more, honestly, she might yeah. be like seven hundred and fifty k, and the rest <laughs> is just you know make make what you want with that, right? <laughs> I don't know. She, I mean, let's be honest. She was probably willing to take like twenty thousand dollars to do a movie in two thousand nine. She probably she'd probably be ta- she'd probably take ten thousand now. <laughs> 
Oh, I feel bad for Misha Barton. Her career really didn't turn out right. Yeah, it didn't go the right way. She's honestly, she's like a similar actress to Kunis. She probably looks at Kunis getting like the Bad Moms franchise off the ground. And she's like, she stole my life. (laughs) She stole my career. That should have been me. (laughs) I should have been a bad mom. (laughs) I will say... uh, we managed to not spend too much time on Brady Stanellis. I thought it was going to kind of go that way, but what would we say? I don't know. It seems like we talk about him a lot. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's a chance that we'll be doing other something more closely. This is so not fingers affiliated. crossed. Less than zero. Less than zero. <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, we could do like a less than zero rules of attraction combo pack. back to back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is so <laughs> distant. Less Than Zero is so not a good movie, but I love to watch and talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I would say that. I, would, I don't know if I would say it's so not a good It's It's not that bad. Compared it's somewhat. To, well, yeah, that's true. Compared to I some guess, things that we've had to yeah, watch for compared this podcast. To, uh, compared to American Psycho 2, Less Than Zero is Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I even on its own merit, I don't think it's that bad. Okay. It's a terrible adaptation. I like this. I like to watch Less Than Zero. So. It's, it's a terrible adaptation of the book. I will say that. It bears really no similarity with the book at a certain point. But on its own, it, it's not bad. So it, uh, thanks for the pick, Dane. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't ready to wrap up my thoughts on I was like, uh-oh, we're, we're about to head down into a dark hole here. what where i start reading passages from <laughs> less than zero if you thought the oh, passages yeah. from it were bad <laughs> yeah i don't think we could take that yeah well we, honestly the passages from american psycho go so far beyond bad that they're you almost just have to laugh they're so insane i don't know like i mean granted the film American Psycho is a hard R, and they had to cut out a lot to get it to be R because it was going to be NC-17, but it doesn't even scratch the surface of just depravity in that book. And it honestly, it was going, you know, it had a a deal to be released like a normal book, and Simon and & Schuster panicked and backed out at the last minute and weren't going to release it and sold it uh, to, I think, not for... I can't remember which one, but it, it only existed in America as a paperback. It never was a hardcover because the whole release was so controversial. People were freaking out about yeah. this. But it it got so much publicity when it came out because I mean, honestly, I I I could rail against the people outspoken against it who clearly didn't understand it and didn't really oh know boy. what it was going for. But I mean, it's so over the top that. Yeah, I mean, you can't even blame people for being like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like, it is so fucked up. Yeah, but it, it but like, I, I would think that somebody would read that and assume that this is like not, it can't be serious, that it's so insane. So, I mean, I don't know. That's how I would think about. It. I read it when I was like, you know, eighteen or something, and I, I feel like I kind of got it. What do you think is, uh? Never mind. It, and the chapters just on, there's like 30 page chapters just on Huey Lewis in the news or Whitney Houston or Genesis. And you're just like, what is this? In the middle of this book, you're just like, what the fuck am I reading? What's the movie that Brett Easton Ellis just like wrote the script for? Was that The Canyons? Yeah, with Lindsay Lohan. Another yeah. Misha Barton-esque figure. Right. <laughs> 
Although Lohan, obviously, so much higher of a peak than Barton, and crash the crash was so much farther because yeah, of Barton, that. Barton, uh, no music career mm, of memory. I don't know. <laughs> she may have tried at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if she had an album that we're just not remembering. Yeah, the Canyons, whew, not good. Yeah, what can you say? I would. I have you watched that? I've watched the beginning of it. It's a boring movie, yeah. and the acting is bad. I mean, I get that like Brady Snell still like defends it, yeah, for some reason and everything. And I, I, I heard him when he had a uh, James Dean on his podcast. The porn that's one star. of the reasons I hate it. Is yeah. he? James I, Dean I won't even it? watch porn with him in it anymore. It's he annoys me so much. Right, he's just awful i will say uh the conversation made me uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) i i listened to that but i I don't remember it yeah i mean lohan is super nude in it so there's that but it's about well that is a positive maybe 10 years too late on that maybe more (laughs) on that train (laughs) but uh yeah it's uh it's just at the end of the day i mean you can make any kind of debate about what it's saying or what it's about or or people or critics missing the point or whatever you want to say but the two strikes against it for me are that it's just boring and the acting is not good yeah that makes it tough like i think james dean is terrible in it and honestly the other people in it aren't much better i mean he may be the weakest link but lohan's not great in it she seems you know like she's so, on another planet. Lots of good content <laughs> out there. So you're getting like a little bit of a bonus here because we're kind of doing like a, a Canyons episode <laughs> on top of American Psycho 2. Yeah. I don't even know where you would watch the Canyons at this point because I, I don't think it's streaming I on it anything. I streaming at one point, but yeah. It may still be on Netflix. I don't know. I don't know. I know the They've Blu-ray to- is like out of print. Maybe it's on DVD. I don't know, but. It just seems like it's one of those movies you wouldn't even be able to find anymore. It just vanished so quickly because it was like it was a a crowdsourced what what do they call that like a GoFund? Uh, I mean, what was it the was, original was Kickstarter? Kickstarter. Was one of them. It was like a Kickstarter deal. Basically, is how it got made. And like Paul Schrader directed it. Who's directed good films and written good films? He wrote Taxi Driver and has directed a lot good of Lord. How cool old is things. he? He's pretty old, but like he directed the film Brady Snells wrote it it's just another big strike against it for me was that it's filmed digitally which yeah it looks for like me shit. only works in certain situations most of the um, time it looks like shit yeah I, I can remember watching the beginning of it and just right out the gate I was like this is ridiculous it, it just seems horrible right from the beginning yeah and it keeps that tone I mean, yeah, sure, you see, like, penises in it. and like, So that's fun. Graphic sex stuff. But, like, it wasn't even shocking or interesting. It was just boring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we might have to cut some of this. Canyon yeah, well, I think out. we've probably gone longer than we anticipated to. All right, so thank you for the listener request. Um, as we have mentioned numerous times, we have one more left on this first run of listener requests. However, that will not be the next episode. We are going to do at least one or two of our own before we finish it out because I, I know I am familiar with this next listener request. It may be a better film than American Psycho 2, but I don't like it 
that much more. <laughs> uh, or at least my memory of it. In all fairness, I saw it in the theater, which is a long time ago now, and I don't really remember it that well. And who knows? I mean, the, the amount of laughter that you've been getting out of Step by Step recently. That's true. Who would have thought? How dare you <laughs> compare Step by Step? I just, I, I wouldn't have, I don't think you would have thought uh, two months ago that you would have this many laugh out loud moments. Maybe not, but it always held a special place in my heart from the yeah. TGIF day, so I would have never besmirched the name. <laughs> That's a good point. But uh, yeah, once we hit that, we're going to have a strong run of episodes up to 100, and uh, we will continue on with those uh, give us a seconds, giving our thoughts on 2017 in film. And as always, follow the show on Twitter at GreatestPod. Uh, keep the feedback coming because matt gets a real hard on for these texts and yeah. tweets and everything telling us how great the uh give us a seconds really kind of makes it feel are. like uh worth it a little bit yeah so yeah i mean hopefully when we do when we get back to our own picks we'll kind of be more invested in talking about it i do have to say i'm a little disappointed with some of this, these listener requests well, maybe people will get another chance. Probably they, not. They led to really shitty episodes, and it's the listeners' fault. Yep. I'm taking zero responsibility. So thanks again, Dane, and we appreciate you uh, listening and being we're an active participant joking. in the show. We, yeah, we're thrilled beyond words that people will even listen at all, let alone want us to talk about a certain movie. I, I do think that we have talked, and I, I, I feel like it's fairly safe to assume that this was done. The idea that we probably trashed it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know what was going on with the Deep Rising pick, but American Psycho 2, I mean, we, that has to be trashed. I don't think anybody would seriously like no this way around it. It has like a 3.8 on IMDb or something insane. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And that will do it for this one. Until next time. I'm under the gun again. I know I was a lot of things, but I am good, I am grounded. David says that I look taller, but I can't get my head around it. I keep feeling smaller and smaller. about in front of family I try to call you from the party it's full of punks and cannonballers I need my girl I need my girl I'm under the gun again I was a 45% of them
Erica Branning, Lawrence Anderson, Jared Smallridge, Zach Schoendorf. Okay. 